Hey everyone, I'm Chris Hall and you're listening to the Downtime Podcast, where we delve deep into the gravity-based side of mountain biking. This week's episode is supported by Nukeproof and we are One Composites and we've got competitions and discount codes coming up just for you. Nukeproof's autumn winter clothing has landed. There's merino tops and socks, warm gloves, a soft shell jacket and a waterproof jacket. I've been using all of it as the weather turns here in the UK and my first impressions are great. First up, a note on the styling. Last week, I went on a particularly wet night ride and when I was packing away my cleaned and dry kit, my wife said, who makes that? I really like it. That's the best looking riding kit I've seen. From a non-rider, that just shows that Nukeproof have managed to blend functionality with subtle branding and a casual style that doesn't look out of place on or off the bike. Top job. I'll talk about the different elements of the range over the next few weeks, but first I'll cover the Blackline Waterproof Jacket, as you can win one of your very own as part of our Nukeproof giveaway. This thing is the smallest and lightest jacket I've ever used that is actually waterproof. It's rated at 15,000 millimetres waterproof and 30,000 grams per metre squared breathable, and it kept me dry on a weirdly warm but very wet night ride, so I'm impressed. The material is super soft and not noisy like a lot of the jackets, and it packs down into its own front pocket. You can check out the entire range over at nukeproof.com. If you'd like the chance to win your very own Blackline waterproof jacket, along with a set of Sam Hill signature grips and Sam Hill pedals, which are my go-to flat pedal, by the way, then all you need to do is to head to downtimepodcast.com forward slash nukeproof, enter your email and the answer to a very easy question before the 9th of December when Nukeproof will pick a winner at random. Let's talk about We Are One Composites. I've been on their carbon wheels for a good few years now, and if you're a regular listener, you'll know that I love their balance between stiffness and compliance that enables you to stick the bike to a line without getting pinged about off every little obstacle like some stiffer wheels do. I've had zero issues with them over this time and haven't even needed to show them a spoke key. I'm currently using the Faction 29 rims on my bike, and I wouldn't hesitate to recommend them to anyone. Not once to rest on their laurels, We Are One recently launched their first bike, The Arrival, which is well worth checking out. The attention to detail that We Are One put into their products is clear to see in their wheels, their handlebars and the bike. The quality of the finish is just a hint at how much effort goes into making everything they do as good as it can be. They really do leave no stone unturned in the pursuit of perfection. Due to the ongoing crazy demand in the industry and for We Are One products in general, we're not able to offer you a discount code on complete wheels, but the team were really keen to do something for downtime listeners. So for the month of November, you can get 15% off rim-only products by using the code WESUPPLY2021 at the checkout over on weareonecomposites.com. That's WESUPPLY2021, all lowercase, over at weareonecomposites.com. Christmas is rapidly approaching and if you're looking for the perfect gift for your riding buddies, a partner who rides or even just a little treat for yourself, then a subscription to Downtime EP is what you need. EP takes inspiration from the guests and topics of the podcast, expands on them and takes them into a stunning print-only format. It's the perfect companion for some quiet time away from the distractions of modern life. So why not get an annual subscription for just £20 plus postage, meaning you get two issues a year as soon as they land from the printers and you save £5 on the cover price. Head over to downtimepodcast.com forward slash EP now to place your order or start dropping some major hints to your girlfriend, boyfriend, wife, husband, mum, dad or whoever you think you're in with a good chance of getting a good present from. All the links you need are in the show notes for this episode over on downtimepodcast.com. Please make sure you're following the podcast on whatever platform you listen. There's probably going to be a button there that says follow or subscribe. So hit that now. It's free and it means you'll get every episode as soon as it drops. If you can't find the button, then you can head to downtimepodcast.com forward slash subscribe where there's links to all the major platforms there to help you. This week's episode is also supported by The Strength Factory and I'm joined by their main man, Ben Planger, to talk all things fitness for the everyday rider. 
Let's face it, we all love riding, but life can easily get in the way. So finding time to ride and especially finding time to train can be tricky. Also, the stresses of life can leave us with limited reserves to get training and riding done. As a business owner and father of two, Ben totally gets this and he wants to help us everyday riders find a way to improve their riding in a sensible, safe and achievable manner, whilst also improving themselves as humans at the same time. In this episode, we talk about the concept of a stress bucket and how we can control how full it gets, find out how much easier it is to maintain than it is to gain, and also how consistency really is key. There's also an amazing offer on Ben's new 20-week training program just for downtime listeners, so keep listening to the end for that. All right, without further ado, here's Ben Plenger. Ben Plenger, welcome back to the Downtime Podcast. Yeah, multi podcast guest now you've done quite a few with us how's yeah, things yeah really good I, I reckon this is number five including the e-bike one i snuck in on oh yeah 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 Yeah. so um yeah but i'm really really good thank you it's been about a year since i i saw you last or yeah i think this time last year we did winter fitness blueprint yes um, we did it was really popular yeah the depths of uh lockdowns and yeah it's been a bit of a mad year but <laughs> pleased to be on the way out hopefully yeah fingers you know? crossed yeah moving forwards for sure for sure and um yeah like you say it's that time of year again where people are starting to like the racing season is kind of ended and people are thinking about yeah off season training i guess or they're just kind of contemplating how they what they can do to get better or you know how they're going to approach that side of things and, and this episode we wanted to dig into training for what we're saying, what we're calling here, I guess, everyday people, rather than someone who's maybe more focused on the racing side, would maybe consider themselves a, an athlete or whatever at some level. Just give us some thoughts from your side on how you would sort of start to define the difference between those two groups of people, just to help our listeners get a bit of context as to maybe where they fit in this kind of bigger picture. Yeah, so I guess it's just about how much time energy and focus you can realistically and consistently put into this you know the i still absolutely love training like the, the pros that i coach and you know that's always a part of what i do but then i also coach a lot of yeah everyday riders or weekend warriors or whatever you want to call them um who they're people like you and i chris and riding is something that you do uh, and maybe you know maybe it defines you to a certain extent for some people who, who are fully into yeah. mountain biking uh but it's it's something you do that that makes you happy that keeps you healthy but that ultimately riding has to then fit in around your job your yeah. family your commitments or maybe another hobby or you know dare i say it <laughs> um you know and whatever that is and so that's the main thing really is like the everyday rider's got more more distractions, more commitments maybe. The pro racer, if they are a pro, all they have to do is ride their bike, which isn't easy. Yeah. But that is their absolute focus. And then there's a little middle ground. There's the guys who, you know, they they maybe work part-time and they, they, they're chasing that dream. They, they're trying to go elite. They want that next step uh, and they occupy the middle ground. But really I'm looking looking towards the guys who, guys and girls who, yeah. Try, it's all about balance. Yeah. Know? Yeah, yeah. So it's a sliding scale to some extent. It's not like you're one or the other. It all depends on how much time you have available to commit to riding. And, and within that, it's not necessarily just riding. It's everything that goes with it, like looking after your bike, looking after your body, training, all that sort of stuff, right? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And that 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 bandwidth, I guess, that availability 
it kind of decreases with age because you've got less energy right your body can handle less stress that you know external stress in life has a big big impact on how you how much other stuff you can handle like your own personal health whether you've got kids what the work situation's like there's a lot yep. of stuff that can get in the way of riding or needs to fit alongside riding um yeah absolutely i mean yeah all, all of the above affects your capacity to train yeah you know uh, and and whether some people i think i've mentioned this before but a lot of people don't like the idea of training as such because it feels a bit too rigid and structured <laughs> and i don't train i just ride my bike and exercise or whatever but you know whatever you want to call it you know it all the things that we do effectively add uh things to like the stress bucket yeah you know yeah and training whether you call it that or not, it is a really positive thing for most people, but it also, you know, it adds a little bit to the stress bucket along with all the other things going on. And so looking at that comparison again, like the, the pro athlete, hopefully, although these days it's, everyone seems quite stressed, hopefully <laughs> ha- has less uh, distractions from outside the sport yeah. that add to that stress bucket. Um, they do have stress, their own stresses obviously, but um yeah, for us, it's it's all the things you just talked about. Yeah. yeah. Where do you put yourself on this sort of spectrum from pro athlete to... Yeah. <laughs> Depends which day you catch me. Like <laughs> in the, it, it really varies through the year. Uh, like my personal approach and how much time and effort I dedicate to training in, yeah. a, in a more specific way for mountain biking. So for much of the year, I just focus on... And so this is something we'll talk about in a bit, just being, being a good, well-rounded human, i.e. just trying to move well, be strong, be fit. Yeah. Um, I ride my bike every week a couple of times, usually maybe three if I'm lucky. Nice. And, you know, most of the time I don't have a heart rate monitor or a computer or anything like that or Strava, okay. you know, <laughs> but, um, but this summer I did my first race for a couple of years because of COVID and kids. I did Enduro National Champs down in Minehead yeah. and I was really determined to do well. So that all changed for maybe 10 or 12 weeks in the run-up. Uh, that changed. I The heart rate monitor came out and the computer came out and there was a bit more structure and I monitored my progress and I made made time because you never just find time. You've got to yeah, make it yeah. to get some extra rides in, to do some hill sprints and, and all of that stuff. Um, because I wanted to do well at that race. Yeah. And in the end I smashed my head in the tree and didn't finish. <laughs> it turns out that being fit doesn't stop you, your limited skills from catching up with you. <laughs> yeah. Wrote, wrote a helmet off and went, yeah. Went home feeling quite sore and sorry for myself. Mate, that's not good. No, but you know, fully recovered though. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see if I just, garble nonsense the next hour <laughs> fair play but you've got you've got two young children now yeah yeah so and that's that's all part of the thing isn't it so my eldest daughter daisy she's just started primary school um and in fact like tonight you know we can't go riding after recording this because i've got to go to parent teachers evening you know so stuff happens yeah and then yeah my little boy rex is 19 nearly 20 months and uh yeah a little terror but <laughs> but yeah they they're brilliant but sometimes I wake up really early and then you're really tired, yeah. you know, or, you know, and they take up your time. I can't just be as selfish as I used to be and just 
go off riding with the boys all weekend, every weekend. Yeah, 100%. Like, yeah, yeah. Definitely. And so that, again, changes your general approach, I think. Yeah. And how old are you now? Oh, uh, 41 and a half. And a half. Yeah. Important bit. <laughs> and how do you feel from an energy perspective? Do you feel that as you've edged into your early 40s, do, do you get kind of fatigued more from a certain level of training? I, Is recovery a bit slower? I think that if I were to be acting now like I was in my 20s, then I'd be really struggling right now. Right. But because I put in a lot of effort, um, I go to bed at bloody nine, half nine every night. You okay. know, <laughs> I really do. Uh, and, and work hard to eat well and sleep well. And I generally practice what I preach. So, so I feel pretty good. That wouldn't be the case, though, if I was just getting crap sleep, eating junk food all the time, or and just you know just not listening to my body really. Yeah. If I was just kind of abusing it with the way maybe I trained haphazardly in my twenties, uh-huh. <laughs> you know, or if I was just trying to beast myself the whole time, trying to train like like win masters or you know the other guy, some of the other guys that I train. If I tried to do what they do then I wouldn't be recovering. I'd be a wreck, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, so somewhere in the middle, I guess. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. And and I guess like, even if you don't have a huge amount of time to dedicate to the sport of riding, some training is, is going to benefit you, right? There's definitely things that can be had from it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, you know, for for people in our shoes and, and you know, whether you're, even whether you're, you're 25 or 55, um, you know, if you're not trying to be a pro rider or whatever, then actually just being a bit more of a, a generalist and doing some training uh, that just helps you to be a, a better human, basically, i.e. to help you move a bit better, to be a bit stronger, that helps you do lots of different things. It makes you sort of versatile so you can go and do any sport like with your friends or family or, you know, that classic of, so I can play with my kids or whatever. But for some people that is an issue. Yeah. yeah. I've heard people say like they've got, you know, toddlers running up at them wanting to be picked up and it's actually a real effort for them. Yeah. To like scoop yeah. a 15 kilo toddler up off the floor. From yeah, exactly. Like a goblet squat, basically. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and especially when you're not looking as well, <laughs> yeah, and they yeah. come at you. And then the next phase after that is, you know, maybe trying to play football in the park and, and you bloody pull a hammy or something yeah, <laughs> like yeah, that, yeah. playing with an eight-year-old. Yeah. And they're running, so, you know, and it doesn't have to be like that. Uh, and I think that, you know, maybe when you think if people have heard me before or, or maybe follow what I do, you think, oh, it's just all, you know, Ben says I've just got to train to do mountain biking. But actually most people, I think, are just going to be better off doing some training. Just it improves your quality of life. Mm-hmm. And you know what? If, if that's better, then chances are you're going to be better on your bike anyway. You know, the two, the two aren't exclusive. Yeah, um, definitely. And I, th- I think it is fair to say that, you know, there are instances, well, not instances, there are examples of athletes being compromised humans. They're very narrowly focused into a sort of specific um, niche area of what their body needs to be able to achieve at the cost of other things, right? So being an athlete, they're not always the healthiest kind of rounded human. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, you spend that long in that sort of cycling position 
uh, for instance, with your like posture and your hips, and you, you really need to work to get out of that. And you know, it's the same across a lot of sports. I mean, you, you wouldn't <laughs> make boxers often have like a rounded forward shoulder and like a little hunched and you don't want to be correcting that for a pro boxer because that keeps their chin out of the way you know <laughs> oh let's sort his posture out and stand him up nice and tall while yeah. we get knocked out you know <laughs> so you have these adaptations and stuff and and it was interesting and again sad in a way recently you just see end of season um in in how many pro women from like the cross country their health has been absolutely wrecked by trying to compete at that level. Yeah. Um, what's the French rider's name who dominated the first half Loana of the season? Yeah. yeah. I mean, you, who knows? Like you see how low her body fat was. She was absolutely tiny mm. and that potentially allowed her to compete at that level. But being at that level clearly has not been good for her. Yeah. And, it wasn't and I, sustainable. No. And I really hope that she recovers well and, yeah. just, you know, and, and comes through this to, be happy and healthy and, and an athlete. Yeah, you know, definitely. But yeah, so I think that's obviously a bit extreme. Yeah. But, but the reality is that, yeah, let's let's just, as everyday riders, as we're calling them, uh, let's just try and be badass human beings, you know, who can just do stuff. You can pick stuff up, you can move around, you can, you can like run and jump, you can push, you can pull, you can carry, just, yeah. Simple. Get it all done. And I guess as you as you get more onto the everyday end of the spectrum, like life becomes more stressful, more time consuming, overtraining becomes a bigger and bigger risk, right? Your body can your capacity for additional stress on top of life is not as big. And therefore it's very it was much easier to get into that overtrain zone, which can be well tell us a bit about overtraining, it can be pretty horrific. Yeah, yeah. So whether you were overtraining or under recovering, like whatever it is, it's kind of the, the same thing. Yeah. But yeah, this, this idea where, you, you know, every potentially you're just going to be tired every day. Um, you're going to lose the, the sort of motivation to go and train or, or even ride. Yeah. Sounds pretty horrible. Yeah. That happens <laughs> to people. Uh, but yeah. it does happen. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and it's this sort of thing again, where everything's connected, Chris, the mental, the emotional and the physical. Okay. So if you, you know, when I think about the people I coach at the gym and this is across all levels, to be honest, from amateur to pro, as soon as they walk in the gym, I'm, I'm looking at the body language and their face and I'm just starting to make a little assessment. And then you have, it's chatty, but a couple of questions. Oh, how are you doing? What have you been up to? And then maybe I'm like, you're looking a bit, you know, because I know, you know, I can say this to them. You're not looking your best today, mate. You know, you're looking a bit tired. Oh, yeah, work's been a nightmare. I'm really stressed. Well, straight away, the session is going to change. Okay. When you're mentally and emotionally stressed, you, you just can't tolerate the same amount of training. And even if I did do the same session, you're not going to recover as well. Yeah. It's, it's just simple, you know. Um, and so, yeah, we're on plan B. But that's still fine. Plan B can still be productive we can still get stuff done and you can hopefully walk out feeling better than when you walked in. Yeah. But that's quite different. I think to, um, you know, the, the more, uh, what, how to put it just the more, right. No, you're being a pussy. If you don't train hard, you just got to get done kind of approach like the old, how you might imagine like an old sort of boot camp, army yeah, boot okay. camp kind of thing, you know, <laughs> and all that. Maybe I was like that in my twenties in the <laughs> army, but hopefully not too much. Um, 
and yeah, so it's just finding that balance in your life and where you listening to, to the clues it's giving you. Yeah. And you know what, if you are always a bit tired and run down and you never really, you know, well, something's got to change here, you know, you've got to go to bed earlier yeah. and get off your bloody phone in bed. So you actually fall asleep when you go to bed and, you know, try and get in a good rhythm. And if you're working from home and you're doing a few hundred steps a day, then bloody get out of the house, you know, get some daylight and move, Yeah, yeah. you know, or, or if you're in an office, do get outside and move, you know, so to help you recover because moving movement is medicine, you know, which sounds really wishy washy, but it's pretty true. I think. Yeah. Um, and you know, get some daylight and all these things are just going to help you, you know, and look, the whole managing stress thing is just endless and bottomless at the moment, isn't it? Like it seems, you know, everyone's having their struggles and stuff like that. It's a pretty chaotic world and everyone's got lots of advice, but you know, whichever path you take and, and riding your bike and exercising is part of that path for a lot of people. Yeah. Like the links between stress and depression and exercise are, are pretty clear, you know, the positive benefits. Um, but, you know, take some action, try to, try to remove some of the clutter and nonsense from your life that just takes up your time and energy, but gives you nothing back. Yeah. You know, and then maybe some of that time you can use, for your family or to exercise, you know, to be a better human. Yeah. Yeah. Because better humans make better bike riders, which could have been a good title for the podcast. But I'm not <laughs> sure people would have clicked. It wouldn't have made sense. But fair until enough. now. Well, um, when we, when we talk about stress, is it fair to like separate, um, physical stress that comes from training and physical activity from sort of mental stress that comes from worry about your job or, you know, worry about work or do they actually sort of fall into a bucket that has a limited capacity? So if you're, if you're like, well, I can do, I'm doing, I can do more training. It's fine. Like that. I'm not, I haven't got much physical stress right now, but I've got a lot of mental stress. Is is it, can no. you separate them or are they really in the same bucket? They're in that one bucket. Yeah. And anyone who maybe if the more like tech or, you know, who are more into training, your listeners will have seen this if they have like HRV, so heart rate variability yeah. like on your watch or you, I think you can even have it on your phone these days or, um, you know, like a whoop strap, you know, that, that will show it yeah. straight away. And an analogy I use, um, I've used a few times with clients actually is, is a friend of my wife, Gemma, she won't listen to this. Hey Gemma. Um, she had a job she hated working for dickheads basically. Uh-huh. And um, she showed me her like heart, resting heart rate data from her watch that then went to her, her from her Apple watch. Yeah. And she gave her notice to quit that job. And the day after she gave her notice, her resting heart rate dropped 10 beats every day, T- 10 beats overnight. Bang. Yeah. So her resting heart rate was permanently elevated because she was so stressed every day. She dreaded work, yeah. working with these idiots and gave her notice. Boom. Te- you know, and that's very, that's physical. That's yeah, a yeah. physical reaction to, to a, a mental, mental emotional shift. Yeah. shift. Yeah. And and that's, that's real. That happens all the time. Yeah. Uh, things like that. So yeah. So the two things can't be separated. Yeah. So when we're assessing our ability to train or, and train mm. hard, we need to be aware of those other things that are going on because yes. they might feel different. 
they're mm. not necessarily a fatigue in the same way like oh my muscles are sore or yeah my body feels tired it's a different thing but it's exactly. gonna it's gonna exacerbate any issues and it's gonna mm. it's, it, yeah you, you're not gonna recover as well or yeah. even respond as well to the training yeah exactly and we can do things for both sides as well you know if you're having a bad day you you can do things like some breathing exercises uh you know, or meditation or just go for a walk in nature, you know, or if you live in the city, just, just go for a walk, you know, and just breathe and listen to some music. And for the body, you know, we can, you know, you use some recovery tools, like some like massage or your, your little vibrating gun thing on your quads and all yeah. that, or foam roll, do some mobility, do some stretching. And all of those can, can help those things. But, at the end of the day, we, you've just got to balance how much is going in that that stress bucket, basically, yeah. Yeah, yeah. consistently. Because yeah. you can take short bouts, those acute bouts of stress are fine and, and are good for you, potentially, you know, well, they are. That's what makes you fitter and stronger. An acute bout of, of physical stress, that's how you get fitter and stronger. Yeah. And arguably, acute bouts of mental, emotional stress do the same as well. Yeah. You know, that's what you go through as part of your military training, you know, to make you more mentally robust yeah and that's part of what makes you know maybe fitness training so positive for a lot of people is you go through an acute bout of like suffering on the bike yeah and i fully believe that that discomfort and suffering of doing an interval session makes you better able to cope with stress in your broader life yeah same way that people talk about like cold showers and ice baths, you know, for, for, you know, or cold water exposure for managing depression and stress. It's that, you know, I'm putting my body in this stressful situation because plunging in a cold bath is stressful. Yeah, hugely. Yeah. When you're a caveman, that could have meant you dying, yeah. you know, and it's, that's still there. That's yeah. like, <gasps> you know, and all of that. But actually when you learn to control that response, you know, that's, you know, potentially what, can make those things so beneficial in a mental sense. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And there's some easy wins in this, like trying to get a bit of stuff out of the stress bucket. There's a few easy wins that I can think of mm. and correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm thinking of hydration, making sure you're hydrated, super good, improving your amount and quality of sleep, huge, improving what you're eating, your diet, the stuff you're putting into your body and cutting out things like alcohol, maybe caffeine. Like I certainly know if I have a couple of beers, my resting heart rate will be up between five and 10 beats per minute. Oh really? Result, yeah. yeah. Like it affects me quite a lot, yeah. quite significantly. And my sleep quality will degrade as well. Okay. Um, Is that why you drink tequila then? Yeah, it only does two beats per minute. Permanent tequila. <laughs> but yeah, seriously, like it does have quite a big thing on me. So at least now I know that yeah. it's a much more conscious decision. Like, okay, I'm going to drink. I know that that's going to have a negative impact on my sleep. I'm going to be more fatigued tomorrow. I'm probably not going to be in a good, certainly not going yeah. to be able to put in a hard training session. I could go for a spin on the bike, but you know, an interval yeah, session after a couple of beers, even just a couple of beers is not going to be a good idea. And, and and that's the thing. And that's where it's, this is where the balancing comes in. And the fact that we're not pro athletes is that sometimes that's all right, isn't it? Like I'm, I'm having an army reunion with the boys at the end of November there will be no training for a good two or three days after that. And and I'll just accept that and write that off because, you know, the bigger picture is that I, I look after my health and fitness. Yeah. And so if I have a few days off after that feeling a bit rough, then it's worth it. Cause 
I'm going to have a great time. Yeah. It's going to make me happy, except I'm a little bit scared because some of them can still properly drink, but <laughs> I can't <laughs> these days. But that's another story. Cool. Yeah, let's talk about another one of the principles of, of your program. This training is is kind of consistency is super important. And, and consistency, like that long-term consistency actually gives you room to manoeuvre in the short term. So I think this echoes the kind of Jocko willing discipline equals freedom thing that he yeah. he pushes really hard. Tell us a little bit about your thoughts on that because that's I guess that's why you mm. you're happy to give yourself three days to recover from a night out of the corners. <laughs> yeah, and again, apologies to your regulars because I think I'm always banging on about consistency, but I'm at least consistent with my messaging. <laughs> um, yeah, so for me, consistency is over the the bigger picture. You know, over the course of years and months, I consistently pretty much look the same, maintain the same weight, you know, got some muscle mass, got some strength, got some fitness. And then it just kind of goes either side of that baseline, sometimes a little bit fitter, leaner, stronger, sometimes a little the other way, uh-huh. you know. But because I'm consistent over the long term, when life happens, you're not suddenly kind of like dipping into the red, you know. So I know that... um so I'll give you an example. Maybe I'm oversharing, but uh, my wife booked me in earlier this year with the vets to get neutered, basically. So, right. okay. so, uh, so I had a vasectomy, which, <laughs> and the last thing you want to do is ride your bike after that. Yeah, uh-huh. honestly. And so I had three weeks off the bike, but because I'm consistent, and I basically didn't do anything for three weeks except for hobble around. <laughs> uh, but because I'm, I consistently train and look after myself, Chris, at the end of that three weeks... I could still just go out and ride with my normal group. Yeah. And I worked a little bit harder than I would normally. But if you're, you know, your rides, you're always like just scraping to hang on with the group ride or you're always the one at the back. And then you have a few weeks off straight away. Now you feel like you can't even go out riding. Yeah, you know? yeah. And this happens to people all the time. I've had people tell me about it when they come to start training maybe. Yeah. And so you've got no, no leeway. There's no give. Uh, whereas if you're consistent over the long term, you know, it's not ideal, but yeah, you can have a few weeks off. And similarly, because I'm consistent over the long term, after I banged my head at the enduro race this summer, um, I had three weeks off after that because mm-hmm. I didn't, you know, we learned more about concussion. I don't think I was concussed, but I definitely didn't want to bang my head again. Yeah, yeah. And at the end of that three weeks, I had to go to, I went to Morzine, you know, so I did one ride and then went to Morzine and I had barely ridden. I'd done a little bit of strength training, but because I've been consistent over the long term, the big picture for weeks and months and years, I train, I look after myself. I could go to Morzine and we rode all day, every day for six days. And yeah, my hands were sore, Yeah, but actually I was, I could have gone more days yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. because even though I hadn't done anything for three weeks before. And so, you know, it's not about consistency for me. Isn't saying that you must train every day and every week, you know, you must be this like warrior monk, uh, just never miss a session. Shit happens like tonight. I can't go riding. So I've got parents evening. Yeah. But so maybe I'm not consistent this week, but over the big picture, I'm consistent. And I think that the people listening should think about consistency in that in those terms and on that time scale and think, you know, when I look back over the last year, have I consistently looked after myself, you know, with my 
fitness, my strength, mobility, right, yeah. you know, all of that. And that all goes together to, to, and that determines how much you get to enjoy your riding in a way. You know, if we move away from performance, why do we ride bikes? It's fun, isn't yeah. it? It's yeah. sick. It's the best thing in the world. Um, and I want to enjoy that more. You know, I want to, to do more trails. I want to do a longer ride. I want to ride all day when I go to Morzine every day and not have to have a half day off because my, my body's too tired, yeah. you know? Yeah, so. yeah. Is it fair then to say kind of one of the keys to creating consistency for yourself is to set off with a plan or a program that is realistic? Absolutely. And I think, you know, this is going out in November, not January, which is the worst time for this. So people are just, we've talked about it before, Chris, where people are just full of, I've got to change everything. I'm fat after Christmas. And they do this crazy shit. They eat stupid diets. They try and train six days a week when before they only rode once. And inevitably it's just, you know, they've quit in a few weeks. Uh, and it's just, yeah, finding that weekly routine that works for you, that lets you, you know, finding a program or a way of exercising that you can fit in your lifestyle that doesn't take too much out of you so you can still do the other stuff you want to do. It's, yeah, it's consistently getting to bed at a decent time and all the kind of boring stuff, but it's not boring because <laughs> it's it's so important. Like yeah. people think, oh, I don't need all that sleep. Oh, you look like shit, mate. And, you know, you know, <laughs> and you, you, every year you're getting a little bit weaker and a little bit slower. So, so you sure you don't need that sleep? You know, you probably do. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a, it's a funny one really. So, so it's not about crushing an eight week plan and then sacking it off because you're super tired from it, but you feel better. So that'll do kind of thing. Like, yeah. It's about what can I do most days, most weeks, most months, yeah. most years. Cause this is a long-term commitment yeah. to do it well. Like how can, what can I do? from now onwards realistically yeah, and some days it might not happen some weeks it might not happen mm. you know you go on we're on holiday no one expects you to go and find a gym while you're there if, unless you're a pro athlete you know and that's all fine like you say if the consistency's there a few weeks off here and there's not going to matter is it exactly and you know it, it can be hard and, and maybe for those guys listening if you you know you live with a partner or you're married or whatever then you need to have a conversation with the people you live with and, you know, if you're balancing kids as well, like how can we make this work? And, you know, and generally we talk about a, a weekly routine. So I'm going to train at the gym on Monday and do the, da, da, da. well, there's nothing wrong with it being a, a two week routine and maybe one week you go to the gym twice and the next week you go to the gym once because your wife is on the opposite program, you know, yeah. like, uh, and that's how you make it work. And yeah, it'll be better if you went twice every week, but, you know what, this way, uh, again, this is something I've always said on your podcast, something's always better than nothing, you yeah. know? So we don't need to strive for perfection, you know? And then maybe over time, your circumstances change, you know? So mine have recently changed with my little girl starting school. And so previously, I couldn't train on Mondays because Mondays was like childcare all day. And yeah. I, well, I say I couldn't, I could, but it would have to be at about half past seven at night. And I just wasn't prepared to, like that wasn't when I, you know, so it is what it is. Yeah. But now my, it's changed and I can do strength training on a Monday. So my whole weekly roughly setup has changed and, yeah. it, and that's fine. Uh, but it's just about, yeah, finding that balance. A, a good thing to do actually is a, a time audit, which sounds 
pretty like, formal, but you just get a bit of paper uh, and sort of write down, you know, what your commitments are, what takes up your time with commuting and work and this and that. And, and like, where can I, what could I change? Where do I have opportunities to, to do something positive? Yeah. E- even if it's going for a walk, you know, um, or to get to the gym or to do some body weight training at home. Yeah. Like, where are those opportunities? And it's like I mentioned earlier, people, they always say, oh, I just, I just can't find the time for this or that. And I always want to like face palm and be like, <laughs> you know, cause you're not, you're not just going to like open an envelope and like find time in there because we all know it's finite. There's 24 hours a day. If you listen to this, hopefully you sleep for eight of them and you know, then all the other stuff. So you really need to, to make some time. Yeah. Carve it out. Yeah. Carve it out of somewhere. And you know, with a lot of people working from home now, saving all that time commuting maybe and stuff like that straight away, there's a great opportunity there. Yeah. You know, and if you're, if you're working from home and you're still bloody eating lunch at your laptop at your desk and not moving, then you are missing a trick because yeah, the the world has changed. And for a lot of you, even if it's only a couple of days a week, there's that commuting time, should call it health time. Yeah. You know, do, something do, good with do it. a commute just around the block, you know, come, you finish where you started. I don't care. But you know, seriously. Yeah. 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 Uh, you just got, to, you've just got to make that time and yeah, it, it just pays dividends over time. Definitely. You know? Do the work now. Cool. Another one of the principles of, of your plan, I guess, which I think kind of goes hand in hand with consistency is that maintaining is easier than building. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so whenever we're looking to change our body, whether it's lose body fat, build muscle, get stronger, get fitter, like those are hard things to do, as a lot of people listening will will appreciate, you know, as as we appreciate, you know. Um, And, you know, for some of them, they take, well, they all take a lot of energy in their own ways, whether it's calories or emotional, mental energy. Mm -hmm. They all take a lot to to make that progress whereas once you're there actually maintaining that state tends to be a lot easier you know once your body has adjusted to being there mm-hmm. so you know, your body doesn't really like changing like how you however you are right now assuming you're not on some crazy diet or something this your body is like okay cool this is people use the term set point okay um not tennis and so this is my set point. I'm about 80 kilos, you know, give or take a little bit. Um, body fat's pretty stable through the year. And so if I want to change that, I'm going to, you, you're kind of fighting your body a bit. Let's say I want to put on some body weight. So I'm going to do change my training a bit. I'm going to eat some more calories uh, because I want to put some more muscle on. Yeah? yeah. And your body at first be like, oh, okay, you know, muscles, like expensive. It takes a lot of energy to maintain all that muscle. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm going to try, you know, and it fights it a little bit and then it gives a bit and then maybe you build a bit of muscle, you're a bit heavier on the scales, you look better in your pants and, <laughs> you know, and once you're there, you can maintain it with a fraction of the work that it uh-huh. took to build it. And in fact, just this year, I think it was, yeah, I think it was this year. There was a really interesting study about that really quantified like how much work it takes to maintain 
like muscle mass and strength gains. And it's as low as only a ninth of the work. So let's put it in really simple terms. Let's say you got big arms doing nine sets of bicep curls three times a week. Yeah. Well, and they grow. According to this research, it would only take one set three times a week to maintain that size of arm. You know, That's, which yeah, is massive difference in somewhat time simplified. Yeah. yeah, time, effort, motivation, yeah, all of the above. You know, and and it's the same as well. Now, fat loss is a little different because you know, especially if people have been overweight for quite a long time, the body can be quite resistant to those changes. And you've you know, once you've maybe lost the weight, we all know those people who yo-yo back and put it back on. You've then got a period where um, maybe you're body's metabolism has changed well it inevitably will have especially if we're talking a lot of weight loss and when it's changed that you know your body's just going to be more sparing and try to use less calories basically so you then to maintain you need to drop your calories some more just to maintain yeah Um, and that's where a lot of people go wrong but once after a period of time your body does then say okay this is the new set point. This is the new normal. Yeah. Okay. At which point you no longer would have, you know, you, you kind of sat at that calories in versus calories out basically. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and so that whenever we check, the body just doesn't like change. It likes balance. And whether that balance is like healthy in inverted commas or not, yeah. you know, um, it's like, no, this is how I am now. This is how we're going to try and stay like balance and it, it does a lot of clever things that only really understanding more recently to maintain that, to make sure that it's not, yeah, you're not going to starve this winter in sort of, you know, <laughs> anthropological terms. I yeah. Guess. Yeah. The whole uh, caveman. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Cause we are, you know, not that far from that. We're tens of thousands of years old, like, which sounds like a long time when you live, well, I'm going to live to a hundred, I reckon, but you know, <laughs> but you know, it it's, doesn't sound like, it sounds like a long time, but it's not really in terms of evolution. And, and we are still hardwired for, to survive, you know, rather than necessarily to thrive, you yeah. know? So yeah, yeah. it wants to keep you doing what you're doing basically. So the bottom line is that once, you know, like I talked about earlier with being consistently inconsistent, maybe um, when you've done the work to be a bit fitter, a bit stronger, to have some good mobility so you can touch your toes, put your shoes on, reach overhead, all all of that stuff. Once you've done the work, actually it's not that hard to keep it, you know? So you keep it through your lifestyle, including a few positive things, you know, like you don't have to spend hours for the rest of your life doing bloody boring foam rolling on the floor. Yeah. Cause no one wants to do that. It sucks, doesn't it? Not the but most fun, is it? No, no, it's horrible, but it's still useful sometimes. And if you did maybe a period of time, you know, not where you have to put some effort in, I'm not saying this is easy. You have to put some effort in mentally and physically to really improve your mobility, let's say, then there's no reason why uh, you shouldn't be able to maintain that just through your strength training program and doing like sensible warm ups, And then if you spend a lot of time sat down on a particular day, you just do a few drills after work to 
open up your posture and okay. sort yourself out. And you just learn over time how to look after yourself, like what that maintenance is. And yeah, you'll do a period where, yeah, you want to boost your fitness for a race, an event, a holiday. And then, yeah, so you, you take it above that, that baseline and that takes work and effort. And then, it, you know, it'll drop down a bit, but then it will sit back on that base. And that base is a, is a place where you can just do whatever you want, you know? And it's a really good place to be because you're fit, you're healthy, you've got good energy. And if someone says, oh, let's go and do a Tough Mudder, you know, obstacle course race, you're like, yeah, sick, I can do that. Because, you know, any human should be able to do that, you know, Pre you know, pretty much. Okay. So, yeah, I don't think that's too much to ask or too extreme really i don't know what do you think uh I, I don't think it is i think people find it hard to do it and i think it's because people overreach in the grand scheme like you make a decision to improve yourself and you kind of go all in don't you that's just like a natural response i think like well i'm gonna do this i might as well do it so you get a plan and you're like well that's a lot but i'm just gonna smash it because i need to do it and you do it for a bit and you feel better but actually it's not sustainable Mm. So you end up kind of reverting back and you lose all those gains. So I've definitely done it myself, like get fit, find it's all a bit too much, maybe get a bit ill or whatever. Cause I've done, I pushed my body too hard. have a couple of weeks off to recover, lose the momentum and it all yeah. just drains away again. So it's yeah. Finding something you can do consistently, inconsistently. <laughs> yeah. It's is, tough as it can be tough yeah. as well. And I guess the, the people listening have already, got half of it dialed in because they've probably all got something they do consistently anyway excuse me which is go mountain biking which is obviously amazing and in terms of all of what we talked about you know so you've got your aerobic fitness you could do sprints on it it keeps you that good bit stronger across your whole body compared to maybe a road bike yeah um potentially there's social interaction and the benefits there being out in nature fresh air out of the city um, you know, you enjoy it. Generally, when you're riding down a hill, you're not thinking about work. You have that almost meditative kind of quality to it. Um, you know, I guess I'm preaching to the converted here. The people listening know that, which is why they listen. But, you know, the benefits are huge. So so you've already kind of ticked a lot of it off yeah, in a, a way. Yeah, we're a step ahead of a lot of people. Yeah, right? exactly. We're a big step ahead uh, of a lot of people who, who haven't been fortunate enough to find something like this. Yeah that gives them so much and, you know, they're not doing anything, you know, and they need to, like, we all need to, we all need to move to be human, to feel good. And, you know, you've got to look after yourself because it's only so long you're going to get away with it for before it really catches up with you. You know, Definitely. we all know that person who, and I don't want to be negative. I don't want to sound like I'm preaching, but we all know that person who, doesn't look after themselves until they have the big health scare, you know, before they get put on the the blood pressure pills or, oh, right, you're pre-diabetic. Yeah. And they're like, oh, suddenly I've, you know, oh, so told you this a few years ago. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. try to nudge in the right direction. But, you know, there's this kind of, it's hard as well because I, I don't know, maybe it's more a sort of broader cultural thing, you know, about, you know, you can't tell people, you know, the, the facts are around certain lifestyle habits and obesity that it it increases your risk of 
illness and morbidity and things like that. And even with COVID, now it's, there's a difference between obviously correlation and cause and effect, mm-hmm. but the, for people going into hospital, um, I can't remember if it was seriously or with COVID, but if you end up in, in hospital, then it's pretty gnarly COVID anyway. Yeah. Um, one of the biggest predictors of mortality is uh, your muscle mass. So if you, the more muscle mass you have going in, the yeah. more likely you were to survive COVID, you know? Now that's obviously indicative of other things in your life that mean you're probably healthier and stronger, but you know, it's not like you don't have a COVID jab, jab if you're hench, you know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. I, I took creatine instead of the COVID jab. So yeah, get vaccinated kids. <laughs> Fair play. Yeah. And you talk, uh, another one of the principles of this training is, is look after yourself i think you use the term don't do stupid shit yeah like what are you talking about when you say that yeah so we've touched on broader looking after yourself already but i don't know like i like to watch friday fails on pink bike okay do you? i don't you don't i, I hate watching people oh, crash. okay oh no worries i'm obviously i'm a bad person but i like <laughs> i like watching it every week religiously and as well as all the like gnarly dudes and kids there's I can't help noticing that I reckon a third to a half of the crashes on it are like middle-aged men on nice bikes riding jumps and drops and features that they are utterly unqualified to. Uh And that isn't me being elitist or snobbish or anything. It's just as soon as you see them, you see their body position and they're going and you know exactly what's going to happen. Like, you know, how they're going to crash, how it's going to end, because their whole body position tells you they are nowhere near being able to do that. Yeah. And I'm friends with the guys at Bike Park Wales who run it there, and, and I've seen it on, with my own eyes at Bike Park Wales and in Morzine. And it's like, yeah, middle-aged men, I've seen it, you know, and it, fair play, like you've got to respect the send. <laughs> you've got to respect the attitude. But when you're maybe 45, and you're self-employed and all that, or even if you're not, it doesn't matter, but doing that shit when you just are nowhere near the level of skill required, it's just dumb because for a lot of people, it's a big injury that is what then stops them doing sports and being active and utterly changes the course of their health for their life. Yeah. And I sound like I'm exaggerating, but again, my, my wife's a physio as well. And we've both seen this and we know friends where this has happened to, uh, and I've, chatted to people at the gym where they're like, oh yeah, I used to be really fit. I used to play loads of football. And then I, I did my ACL. Um, and then five years later, they're, they're obese and really struggling to find a way back from it. Yeah. And this happens to riders and stuff all the time. It's like, oh yeah, you know, because some of these people on Friday Fails are definitely breaking bones. And then they're not going to be riding for like a long time afterwards. Yeah, and yeah. then that's when, that's when how fit and strong you were beforehand really comes in yeah. affecting your recovery and how you are when you get back and if you've got the physical confidence to get back to riding afterwards and so yeah I don't I, I really thought about putting this in or not really or, or whether I, sh- I should talk about it but because I don't know I mean is it feels like there's a bit of a pressure maybe with social media and stuff and everyone getting filmed all the time like there's a bit of pressure that everyone has to be like cool and doing gnarly shit like a little bit. Yeah. And this nonsense, like you don't have to be like, we're all different levels of riders with our own level of skill and appreciation of risk and things like that. And if you want to be the gnarliest dude and send the biggest jumps, 
then that is awesome. But if at the moment you're like a blue trail, <laughs> trail center warrior yeah. and there's nothing wrong with that, then yeah. Then, and you know, go and see our friend Ollie Morris and do a jumps and drops course. Or if you're not even there yet, get the fundamentals of your riding position correct and, and then build up gradually. And, you know, fair play again for people brave enough to just send it like a lemming off some massive jump and absolutely end yourself. But every week I just watch it and I'm like, why did you go off that? You were, you were never going to land that like ever. Yeah. I know uh, what you mean. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I guess that like that don't do stupid stuff, it translates into the gym as well. Like don't turn yeah. up day one in the gym and try and smash out a big Olympic lift. Yeah. yeah. Like you're going to hurt yourself. Yeah. And it's I guess like, it's that part of the, this plan. It's like more safe movement. And- yeah, absolutely. And it's very much, it's like with the, you know, you've been using my complete MTB program for yeah, probably yeah. 18 months or so now. Yeah, yeah and, I reckon. Yeah. yeah. And I start that program with an eight week foundation because I don't want people to just go in to the program and, and suddenly be pulling a heavy deadlift, you know? And like that eight week foundation is about getting people to get the basic style, do some body weight work and make, make their bodies a bit more robust so they can tolerate a bit more when they join the main program. Yeah. And you know what? Uh, <laughs> it makes the program more complicated. It makes it more work for me. And I think it's probably almost a barrier to people joining and means I earn less money from it, but I just believe it's the right way to do it. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. the last thing you want to do is start training and be pulling one rep max deadlift or squat and to like testing and all of that. Like to me, that is just not worth it. Like what are we trying to achieve here um, in your training? Like what, what good outcome comes from that? Well, potentially hurting yourself um, and, and like, what's the point? Like, and then I guess the other thing as well with the stupid shit is about the, I guess the message is about when you're doing dumb shit and hurting yourself all the time, it, it just stops you being consistent. Cause then, yeah, you break a collarbone, you're off for at least six weeks, yeah. if not longer, if you're not in great health. Unless you know? you're Tom Pidcock. Yeah. If it's Tom, yeah, you get the bolts in <laughs> and then like win the Olympics next yeah. week or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so it's like, Another classic one. Have you ever been to those trampoline parks that are popping up everywhere? I have been to one, yeah. They're mental, aren't they? Yeah. And like, I'm in not bad shape, but I, first time I went, I just got carried away because it's so much fun. It's insane. And you've seen all the videos of people flipping and this and that. And also I came out of there and my knees hurt for days. <laughs> yeah, so they, they really did. Yeah. And I'm a healthy body weight and relatively strong. And, and it's like... <laughs> And I don't want to say to people, don't have fun, don't do this stuff, because it was so much fun, like bouncing about with the kids or whatever. But you know what? If I'd been a bit overweight or not very strong, and then you land a bit funny, you're going out of there with your leg in a blimmin' splint, yeah, you know? Yeah. You're going to A&E, and then that might be you not riding for the rest of the year. And then you, before you know it, you've put on two stone. And it sounds like I'm being negative, but I'm not. And I just want people to... To just think a little bit and, and go and have a bounce with the kids, have a sick time, but just have a little appreciation. Like, am I seven years old and made of like rubber bands, <laughs> you know, or do I have a desk job? I'm maybe a stone or two overweight and I can't remember the last time I jumped even off of my bottom step, yeah. let alone six feet in the air, which is very easy to do on one of these trampolines. Yeah. Like, 
like you just got to play the long game. And you know what? You can do that, though. So you can go to trampoline place and and bounce and go hard, but only if you you look after your body. Like if you that particular example, you definitely don't want to be overweight. You want to be strong, uh, you know, stable joints, yeah. nice posture. Because any po- bad posture there, you're going to feel that in your lower back probably. And you know, it's a random example. We're talking about trampolining instead of bikes, but it's just another little illustration of the point, really that be a better human lets you do more stuff in your broader life. Yeah. And better humans are better at riding bikes. They can have more fun on their bike and they can ride them more when they want, you know, and and do cooler stuff on them. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. And you've got, you mentioned the complete MTV program, which I've been following, which is like a monthly subscription thing that keeps changing every month and like progresses through and sort of broadly fits into like a race calendar yeah, calendar, yeah thing, roughly i guess um so you've got that what drove you to create this so you you've created a separate program which i think is is it a 20 week program yeah so for the for kind of your everyday rider exactly so yeah literally as this comes out on the 2nd of november today is also me launching my new online program called the over 40s mtb program uh-huh. and I say over 40s, that is like the the main group I'm looking at. But you know what, if you're 33 and a half or whatever, and you can relate to this, then it's for you as well. And, you know, it's basically for for people who maybe you're not as fit as you used to be, uh, or maybe you've never really trained to look after yourself. And you want something that's a bit, I guess, kinder and more sympathetic to your body and Mm -hmm. the situation that we're all in. Yeah, Yeah. There's a lot going on. And... I can't train like a 20 year old pro on Instagram, uh, you know, and you probably shouldn't be copying what they do. Uh, and it is, it's about use this over forties program is over 20 weeks. Cause I want to give people just map it out like over a realistic time frame that's achievable for them to make progress, for them to be consistent, uh, and to really, get into it and then hopefully find some enjoyment of training and just really find that it benefits broader parts of their life as well, rather than just being like, this is just a straight out mountain bike program. Don't get me wrong. You know, doing any training program that involves strength training is probably going to benefit your broader life, but yeah. it's just, you know, trying to hone in a bit closer on how can we make people yeah, make progress and be stronger, but also just generally feel a bit better day to day when you're living your life, playing with your kids, doing other things and moving about in your environment, moving about in the world. How can we get you to feel a bit better doing that? Yeah. And so that kind of broadens the approach and like choice of exercises and, and things like that. Um, and so we're going to use a lot of like single leg and single arm work and body weight and things like that. And yes, we are going to, at some point, pick up some heavy stuff because I still firmly believe that that is something that humans should be able to do. You know, we should all be able to do and it makes us a better human. Um, But yeah, so that's what the Over 40s program is all about. And guess what? At the end, cheeky discount code for downtime listeners. Lovely job. Happy days. So what, what, um, just give us a feel for the progression through the 20 weeks. Does it kind of, 
is it a gain phase that then shifts into a kind of maintain style of program that people could then go back to the game gain phase and just kind of up the weights or up something like how how does the the 20 weeks work roughly? yeah so it's i guess way to think about it is at the start it's a lot about really like controlling your body and how you move it in lots of different directions and things okay. like that um i i call it i mean i'm not the only one who calls this but you know you want to train in 3d you know so because life's in 3D, we move in all different directions. Whereas a lot of gym programs and exercises can be very forwards, backwards, basically. Mm -hmm. So, so that's the first thing. And then, yeah, as we progress, we are going to add in exercises that place more load on your body, both in terms of maybe adding weight or uh, adding difficulty, like technical difficulty, where you know the the fact you've done that first phase and maybe learn to do certain movements are going to mean that you're well placed to, to learn the exercises in the next phase and do okay. them safely, you know, yeah. because the training and exercise isn't dangerous as such, but certainly, you know, people do pick up injuries training, you know, in the gym, like it happens. Um, and so we want to just minimize that as much as possible by going through the prerequisite steps. And I think, again, I, it's a phrase that I've used before, but I'm always a bit nervous about using it because it sounds elitist, but I think you, you've got to earn the right to do some of the more advanced stuff. Like you've got to earn the right to do that big jump we yeah. talked about. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And if, if you sit down, if you're sat for eight hours a day and you've got like this really classic modern, like hunched over desk stroke phone posture, then you know, you need to do the mobility and the work to improve that, to earn the right to maybe something as simple as dumbbell press overhead. Yeah. Because you're just not going to be able to do it safely, you know? So in the meantime, we do some mobility work. We do some uh, different strength work on the shoulders and we maybe do some breathing to help get the correct placement of your ribs as you put your arms overhead, you know, and we do those things there over time and earn you the right to do that. Okay. You know? Yeah. And yeah. So how do you earn, earn the right to do like some heavy squats? Well, you do some bodyweight squats and you do some lighter squats and you do some moderate squats, you know, and, and it is that simple in a way. Yeah. But you know, there's a bit more to it. Maybe we do some squats with a pause in the bottom where we really work. And then that's going to improve your, mobility around your hips and, and the bottom position of the squat yeah. as well as strengthening you in what's generally the weakest part of most people's squats um and again you know that that posture we talked about that is becoming more and more prevalent with phones and all the desk time yeah, yeah. that kind of chin forward rounded shoulder posture you know that that's going to really restrict your ability to do a good squat and you know what else as well it's going to really restrict your ability to ride your bike okay and and i mean that like everywhere, as in on the way up the hill, that posture is going to compromise your ability to breathe, like massively so. Yeah. Um, and it's going to put a big like crick in your neck, basically. So you're going to probably get a, a sore neck. Um, and then on the way down the hill, yeah, you've really got to, the more rounded the upper back posture is, the more you've got to really lift your head yeah. to try and look down the trail. Um, and the more you know, compromised your ability is, you know, and generally that's where you see, 
people they've come that more upright position the arms get straighter no weight on the front wheel da, 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 da. we've seen it all before um and so everything's connected you know better humans make better bike riders is i keep coming back to yeah and so a better human doesn't have like a really compromised rounded posture flared up ribs and they're like bums sticking out because their hip flexors are so tight from sitting all day yeah. or driving all day um and if we can do the work to correct those things and you as we progress, you're going to feel better on your bike straight away. And then you also earn the right to do the more advanced exercises that put more load on your body. And hopefully you can do them more safely, nice. you know, to, to actually get the benefit of them because, you know, the, the people, you know, there's, there's the classic things and I've said them myself and it's kind of fun, like no pain, no gain and all of that. And yeah, sometimes you just got, you've got to grind out a heavy squat or you've got to suffer through an interval session and and to really get peak fitness you there's got to be some suffering there's got to be some discomfort but actually you know every session every exercise doesn't have to be like that yeah you know when you go to the gym i think for most people most of the time you should walk out feeling better than when you walked in you should walk out feeling like yeah i could have done a couple more reps of every exercise or maybe i could have gone you know Maybe a, key, a couple of kilos heavier even, you know. So it's, it's demanding. You're doing enough to, you're doing enough to adapt to get a bit stronger. Yeah. But you're not just maxing out all the time. And then because you've listened to this and everything's squared away and you're going to bed early, you're eating your veggies <laughs> and you're on top of your stress, then there's those days where either your program or just your intuition, you know what? I feel really good today. And today is the day that you put those extra few kilos on, you do those extra few reps and you just get that one session that, yeah, it absolutely nails you. Yeah. It's a bit harder to, you know, you have to have your protein shake afters, but that session where you break through and suddenly you lift a bit more or you, you get a few more Watts out or you ride a bit faster, um, you know, but you, you, you can only do those sessions when you feel good. And that's the same for the pros, yeah. you know? So sometimes, you know, when I've got one of my top guys coming in the gym, like there'll be certain days where we're like aiming, like we're, this is going to be a tough session or maybe we're testing on the watt bike, which I always look forward to, <laughs> or we're going to do like a test on the rower yeah. or something minging like that. Uh, and we, I'll always try and tell them first because I, I want the anticipation as well. That's all part of it, yeah. uh, that, that mental game. Um, and hopefully if I've got my programming right and if, they've been looking after themselves, they come in in a really good state to do that yeah. and to give 100%. And nine out of 10, that's what happens. But sometimes shit happens, you know? Someone has some stress with a sponsor or, oh, you know, I think I'm getting a bit of a sniffle. You know, they come in a bit like that and and then it's like, well, we're not going to do that now. Yeah, yeah. Like that was on the plan, but there's no point doing it because we're not going to break through. We're going to like step it back. We're going to do a bit of a longer warm up bit of mobility and then we'll just see how the session goes and see where we end up. But we're yeah. definitely not going to 10 out of 10 hashtag beast mode because today's not the day for that. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. So the program has obviously some gym based content. Um, so people ideally would need some access to a gym, I suppose. Yeah. So I'm very, look, I, I love a gym and I'm also, I try to kind of put my personal feelings aside there in a way where as much as I love it, I know not everyone does, but 
it is without a doubt the best environment to get fitter and stronger in. Yeah. And especially if you're working from home, like a lot of people are now, it's, you know, it's very hard to kind of your home to have all these different roles, like relax, eat, be with your friends or family or whoever you live with or whatever. Um, and it's your workplace and now it's supposed to be your gym and all of this. And it's really yeah. hard to do. And also, unless you spend some money, you know, weights are expensive, like everything at the moment yeah. and not that readily available. So plan A for this, for the over 40s MTV program is to go to a gym. Yeah. But I also understand not everyone wants to and life happens. So you can also do it at home. Okay. So I would say to people, plan A is to try and get to the gym. But if life happens and you have parent teachers evening or whatever, then, and you can't get to the gym, then you, there is an option to do it at home. Okay. Okay. So plan A is gym, but you don't need a gym if you don't want to. If you've got some space at home, all you need is some resistance bands and a mat. A suspension trainer would also be ideal, but again, not everyone's got somewhere to put those. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Okay. So you've got that. What other elements are there to the program that people mm. should expect? Yeah. So it's primarily about those sessions in the week that are going to help tick off your like strength, mobility and get you feeling good. But to, to go around that, the more, I guess, holistic stuff. I don't really like that word, but it, I think people know what I mean. Yeah. The more holistic stuff is uh, some breath work. Okay. Which I've talked about before in here. I'm a big believer in nasal breathing and getting people to breathe correctly. Again, especially if they've got compromised posture, they sit too long, yeah. especially if they're stressed out as well. And the returns you will get on short, regular dose of breath work are massive. Like I can't overstate it. I've felt the benefits of that yeah. in the work that I've done. Yeah. Good, yeah. good, good. And it's breath work uh, like off the, uh, away from training. Yeah. I, you can just do it on your sofa or whatever. Um, and also around sessions and, you know, with some mobility work and stuff like that. And then it, it's about just, just giving people a bit of support on the way through. So, you know, you get, you get a weekly update to just help steer you and guide you in the right direction. And I think that, I mean, hopefully I've answered quite a few questions today, but it's people buy in a lot more when, they know why they're doing something. Yeah. You know, the why is always the most important thing. Yeah. And in fact, going back then to everything we've talked about so far, you know, you're, you're trying to look, look for that time. You're trying to make that time. Sorry, not look for it. Uh, you're trying to find that. Uh, no, not find. <laughs> carve out, create. Trying to carve out and create time to train. Sorry, Chris. <laughs> um, and, you know, maybe make some long-term changes to the way you, you live. Like the why behind that that's that's the motivator that's the power behind it that makes you succeed or or not basically and so yeah if i can give people a bit of the why why are we doing certain things along the way yeah then i think that's generally a positive thing definitely it keeps people engaged it keeps them i say adhering it's not like a military regime where you must adhere to ben's program because it's not like that like i lay it out say look this would be a nice weekly structure but everyone's week's different yeah you know this is what would be ideal but if you can't do that do this okay if you can go to gym then go to gym if you can't then you can do this Mm -hmm. and so i think it just makes it achievable for a broad range of people and i think it's an approach that 
people need to be more willing to take because you know what you can always um add more yeah yeah, yeah you know you, you could always do an extra ride yeah oh the weather's good the weather's amazing at the moment for october and it's still lightish yeah. the trails uh, i'm gonna do some extra riding this week you know or yeah or oh some friends are, are down this week so i'm gonna do one less gym session and i get ride more whatever All good. Uh, and yeah and it's just going to sort of guide you through to help you sleep help you manage stress do some breathing do some mobility nice hopefully not just take over your whole life but just make you understand and so whilst it's a 20-week program you, you do have access to it on the on the app that i use for a whole year okay so you could do it twice yeah and going back to to day one and starting it again sounds crazy but you could just start again, but from a, a better place yeah, yeah, and still yeah. make progress. Higher, yeah. yeah. Still make progress, still really benefit from it or just pick and choose what you want. Yeah. Um, and then for the long term as well, like by the end of that 20 weeks, you, you will have the whole program uh, in like a PDF form as well. So nice. that, yeah, cause I, you know, it's an expensive program. It's a quality product and, you know, I, I didn't want to just put like something short, Pla- you know like stick a sticky yeah, plaster yeah, yeah. on it like people are going to have to think about it because i think it's worth every penny but it's like a it's a chunk of money and so i want you to have access to it for the long term so you can come back to it basically nice. okay um, would, would you say there's a minimum sort of weekly time commitment like how much time would people have to f- create for themselves within their week to to get something yeah, yeah. out of it so i think like over the broad 20 weeks, the minimum would be to do the two main strength sessions a week. Yeah. About 45 minutes. Okay. Per okay, session. Per so session. an hour and a half a week. Yeah. Like, and then at the start of the program, you're going to need to do a little bit more to make those changes that we yeah. talked about. And also at the start of the program, you're going to be getting familiar with the app and the exercises. No sessions are going to probably take you an hour or a bit longer at yeah. the start of the program. And at the start of the program, you're going to need to put aside a little bit of time to, to watch a couple of the videos. So you understand the why yeah. and to do the breathing and the mobility and things like that. Okay. Um, and then I'd like to think that over time they would become a bit easier to integrate into your life anyway. Yeah. Because actually who doesn't have five minutes to do some breathing? It's just about, making it a habit, use a reminder on your phone or whatever it is, you know. Um, And one of the other things we've got in there that, you know, again, thinking a lot about the sedentary amongst us who sit down all day. uh, And even if you ride twice a week, if you sat down all day, you're still a sedentary person, I'm afraid. Um, I've got uh, movement breaks. So it's something I've talked about before, but I thought, well, let's actually give people like a three to five minute video, right? Get up off your bloody desk. Plan A is go for a walk, get outside. Yeah. If you can't do that, you probably can. But if you've told yourself you can't do that, then this is something you could do instead, um, you know, to make you feel a bit better, to just do a tiny bit of work to undo all that sitting that you've been doing. Like it. Sounds good. So we should we talk about cost? Yes. So normal price, 20 weeks, 189 US dollars. Now, just to remind everyone, because I've used this app for a couple of years, I'm still living in England, but it's an American app, which okay. is why it's in dollars. Okay. So that works out, I think, at about, um, what is it? About 140 odd pounds, okay. like British pounds, and that's US dollars as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, less than 10 bucks a week. Yeah. About seven pounds a week. Bit of a bargain, really. 
Yeah. It's just, yeah, it's 20 weeks, nearly half a year. And however, if you're a downtime listener and you use the code downtime40, no spaces, and that's four zero the number. Yeah. Downtime40, you'll get 25% off of the O40's MTB program, which makes nice. it $141 and a few cents, which works out about £100, depending on the, the thing. And that is only valid for one week from this going out. So okay. it's from, we go live on the 2nd November. Yeah. So that will finish on the 9th. So yeah. you've only got a week to get in there. And I promise you now that this offer will not be repeated in like a January sale or anything like that. <laughs> okay. This is your opportunity to get in there cheap. Yeah. And then from the 10th of November, it's RRP. Maybe next spring or summer I'll do something, but we'll see how I feel. Yeah. And what I'm also doing as well is all the people who buy using the downtime code are going to be entered into a draw. And one person who will select randomly, I'll get Daisy to draw a name out of a hat <laughs> on Instagram or something. Um, you're going to get like two one-hour consultations with me, uh, which is obviously priceless. We can do that face-to-face if you're in Bristol or online. So one, maybe at the start of your program to help you with your goals and answer any questions. And then one at some point in your 20-week journey to help you just dominate it and and to really get the most out of it. Very nice, mate. That's super kind. So the website is? Thestrengthfactory.uk. The is the key piece here. The Strength Factory. And it's just .uk, no com or co or anything like that. Okie dokes. And the code again? Downtime four zero. No spaces. Uppercase, lowercase, downtime. I think it automatically puts it upper for you. Okay. Just don't worry about it. Yeah. Nice. Wicked. All right. And that's that. Yeah. Cool. Well, thanks, man. It's been super interesting catching up. It's cool that you're thinking about creating something for people that don't have endless amounts of hours to commit to yeah. their health and their mountain bike and their sport, but can still make some massive gains in being better humans, ultimately better bike riders. So, yeah. Good work, Yeah. Man. Better humans make better riders. Just try and be a better human. You'll ride your bike better. You'll have more fun and you'll be harder to kill. (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) Nice one. Cheers, Ben. Cheers, Chris. Bye. All right. That's it for this episode with Ben. I really hope you've enjoyed listening. If you're inspired by Ben's approach and want to take things further, then as a downtime listener, you can get 25% off his brand new 20-week over 40s MTB program until November the 9th using the code DOWNTIME40 at the checkout over at thestrengthfactory.uk. That's thestrengthfactory, all one word, .uk, not .co.uk or .com. And the code that you need is DOWNTIME40, all one word. You'll find a link in the show notes for this episode over on downtimepodcast.com. Also, one lucky listener who takes up this offer will be chosen at random to receive two one-hour personal coaching sessions with Ben to help them achieve their goals. These can be in person, in Bristol, or online from anywhere in the world. A massive thanks to We Are One Composites for supporting this episode. Don't forget that as a downtime listener, you can get 15% off all their rim-only products by using the code WESUPPLY2021 over at the checkout on weareonecomposites.com. That's WESUPPLY, all lowercase, all one word, followed by the number 2021 over on weareonecomposites.com. Also, a massive thanks to Nukeproof. They've just launched their autumn-winter range of clothing, which you can check out over at nukeproof.com. If you want to be in with a chance of winning one of their awesome black line waterproof jackets, along with some Sam Hill signature grips and pedals, then you can head over to downtimepodcast.com forward slash nukeproof before the 9th of December and answer a simple question to be entered into a prize draw. 
Don't forget to add a Downtime EP subscription to your Christmas list and start dropping hints to whoever you want to get it for you. Or you could pick up a sub for your partner who rides, your riding buddies, or even as a nice little treat for yourself. By getting a subscription, you'll save £5 off the cover price and get each issue as soon as it lands from the printers. It's £20 a year, so head over now to downtimepodcast.com forward slash EP. All the links you need are in the show notes for this episode over on downtimepodcast.com. If you fancy representing the show, then you can get your hands on our full range of merch by heading over to downtimepodcast.com forward slash shop with all the proceeds going to help improve the podcast. If you're still listening and you've got a few minutes, then there's a few things you can do to help out. First, and most importantly, tell your rider mates about the podcast, because the more people who listen, the easier it is for me to keep this thing going. Secondly, give the episodes a share on your social media. It's an awesome way to spread the word and get a bit of buzz going around the episodes too. And then if you've still got some time left, a review on Apple Podcasts goes a long way. All right, we've got another awesome episode coming up really soon. But until then, get out and ride. <laughs>